You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and on the line with me today, we have our chairman, Mr. Eric Spot. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Jeff. I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today, Eric. Now, firstly, Eric, let's take a look at a very highly anticipated jobs report that was due out today. So most market analysts expected data to show that the U.S. economy added 240,000 in jobs in February, slowing from a gain of 250,000 in January, while the unemployment rate was forecasted to climb by 5.6 from 5.7%, Eric. So now the report has been released, Eric. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, the numbers are out now. They, they were up 295,000 jobs. Okay. And they said the unemployment rate fell to 5.5. You know, it's very interesting that the Challenger and Christmas survey of uh, job losses in February, like 50,000 jobs. There's something like 102,000 jobs so far this year lost, up 19% from last year. And we also had the ADP data, which came in soft. At, I think it was 212,000 jobs versus uh, 219. And I think uh, people know that these um, Bureau of Labor Statistics numbers, where they show the unemployment rate going down, uh, are all generated through some number uh, crunching that obviously doesn't stand the uh, the test of time. And ultimately, we find out that things aren't nearly going as well as the BLS states. And most, most times, the error is something called the birth-death model, where they just imply that so many jobs were created, even though the, the factual evidence from ADP and the Challenger Christmas data show that it's quite poor. And of course, we hear about all these layoffs in the oil industry. And a layoff, I would point out again, that the layoff in the oil industry is probably equivalent to three or four new jobs created because there's such high-paying jobs versus people working in restaurants and things like that, retail. I just don't believe the jobs report, and I, I don't think anybody out there really believes it. Uh, it's always a great opportunity for the shorts and gold to smack gold down, which they've done again yet today. Uh, I certainly expect that we'll see it rally back up because the demand for gold and the reasons to own gold are uh, quite encouraging. Now, switching over to a topic that obviously correlates with the job market, the economy, Eric. Are we seeing more of the same? Has there been any sort of changes? What can we expect in the weeks to come, and how are things looking right now? Well, the economy's sick. I mean, we've had factory production, I think, down six months in a row. It was down 0.2% in the latest month. The retail sales been weak for two months. It's obvious that whatever savings people have from uh, lower gasoline prices are not going back into the economy. I've always believed that Obamacare is just killing the uh, middle class in the U.S. because the premiums are so high and continue to go up. The deductions continue to go up and the co-pays continue to go up. And anybody who lives down there knows that, you know, they've got huge cost issues in front of them. So we've had something like 48 misses on the macro data, macroeconomic data in the last few months and something like eight pluses. So there's no doubt that there is no recovery. And we've even had uh, certain people come out and suggest that GDP will only grow 1.2%, I think, this quarter. I, I certainly subscribe to the thesis that there's a very weak recovery going on. All the data points that way and all the uh, logic of analyzing what's going on in the world suggests that. And it's not even just the U.S. I mean, I'm reading a report this morning that suggesting that China's growth will be as little as 3% this year. We saw all the PMIs in Europe are weak. Japan is questioning the whole QE thing because it doesn't need to be accomplishing anything. So it's not difficult for the average person to understand that there's not 
any recovery going on. Now let's switch over to international currency, Eric. We've seen a lot of volatility in currency markets, particularly in the lira. What are your thoughts in terms of that and likewise how things are looking right now? Sure. Well, I mean, we have the same thing playing out over and over and over. Everybody wants to reduce their currency and get to negative interest rates. And I think I read that like 30% of all the European bonds are trading in negative interest rates. There was an article on uh, Zero Hedge suggesting that the ECB might go to minus 3%, <laughs> which is just, and, and of course, a great reason to own gold. I mean, why buy a, why pay a 3% fee for having your money in a bank where the bank's probably broke already? But the, the volatility in the currencies is incredible. I mean, if you're in, uh, in any number of countries, whether it's Canada, uh, Australia, Europe, the euro hit a, a recent low. Japan, the Ukraine, Turkey, all, all these, Azerbaijan, all these currencies are just getting pummeled. All the more reason to own gold. And I find, find it very ironic that Today I'm reading that the Ukraine is, is banning gold purchases above $150. Well, you know, it, it, obviously some people have figured it out. Okay, I'd much rather own gold than these stupid paper currencies. And mm-hmm. that's just something that's likely to foment other interests in other countries, by the way, because you can kind of see it coming. If you were sitting in uh, Turkey today, you know that's probably coming in Turkey too, that you're not allowed to buy gold. So all the more reason to, to buy it while you can. So, as I said before, and I'll say it again, I mean, it's ridiculous that the most volatile sector of the financial markets is foreign currencies. You can think it might be stocks and bonds, but it is, in fact, foreign currencies. And it's just this race to the bottom where everyone theoretically thinks they should own the U.S. dollar. And, of course, I've said a million times before, as far as I'm concerned, the U.S. is bankrupt and their own statistics show that they're bankrupt. Uh, but they can carry on the facade because they can just print whatever money they want. But it's, you know, this crazy currency game is, is going to bring more and more people back to gold. Unfortunately, we still can't deal with, you know, what goes on in the COMEX. And as I've said before, 8.30 on Friday morning when the jobs numbers come, everyone knows, okay, here's the time to hit it. Let's get going here. For the most part, China and India are closed in their physical markets for the day. So it makes it a little easier for the paper pushers to, to drive it down. But you know, when the Indians and the Chinese come back to work on Monday, they'll be buying gold for sure. So it's unfortunate we have to put up with this yet again. But one, I don't believe the numbers. And two, the reasons to own gold on an international basis just get better all the time. And we have more and more people coming into the gold camp, people who haven't been in it before. So I think we're going to be in good territory on the physical side. So keep your strength and stay in the game, I guess, is uh, the message to your listeners. Excellent, Eric. We need to hold the course. As usual, Eric, we always appreciate your insight here in the weekly wrap-up, and we look forward to speaking to you in the weeks to come. Jeff, all the best. Thank you, Eric. All the best to you, too. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This is Jeff Rutherford for the weekly wrap-up here on Sprout Money News. Have a great weekend.